Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday, hump day. Happy Wednesday. I think today we are a little happier than where we were on Monday and on Monday's podcast. It was a very solemn time in this country, and it still is. But I feel, and I think you do, after watching the news last night, that maybe, just maybe, things are starting to quill. They're starting to calm down. And maybe in the next week or two, we can start getting back to some sense of logical reality in this country. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't have a crystal ball, and neither do you. But let's all hope that's going to be the case between the coronavirus and that crisis and now the rioting in the streets and the burning of buildings and churches and the murder of what, six plus cops now and the countless other innocent bystanders and victims trying to protect their stores. They got beat almost to a, a pulp. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the videos of this on the, on the cable news companies, but it's not, it's, it's, it's outright disgusting if you ask me. There was a video of a husband and wife getting beat up trying to defend each other from an angry mob of six or seven people all because they were trying to protect their storefront. Another of a 16, 17-year-old kid that got bashed in the head with rocks and with, with bricks and was left on the sidewalk in a pool of blood. It's a disgusting, disgusting way to do things. This episode is important. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people don't like to tackle, and that is race. Today's show, we're going to talk a lot about race. We're going to talk about the current climate of racial tension, and we're going to go over quite a bit that may surprise you. You may like what I have to say. You may hate what I have to say. But the point of doing these shows is to bring you the facts and to make sure you hear them so you can make your own mind up. First of all, I want to say thank you to our, to our audience, uh, to both our readers on telegraphlocal.com, our opinion-free breaking news website. Our traffic is doing very well and it's climbing quickly because of our readers. And I really want to thank you guys. Our staff does a lot our staff writers, our contributing writers, 
me, we do a lot every day. We dig through a lot of information to make sure you guys get the facts and facts only. Facts do matter. Facts are very important. The only way for you to understand what's going on is to hear those facts, whether you agree with them or not, whether you like them or not. At least you know them. Also, we it's our second week. Well, not even second week. We're about a week and a half through our first launch of this podcast, Telegraph Locals Daily News Updates with a Twist. This podcast has done extremely well. We have passed the 50,000 download mark. 50,000 downloads so far, and we're only on our fifth episode. So I want to thank you guys very, very, very much. The listeners, man, you guys are awesome. You guys rock. Thank you so much for supporting us. Again, we work so hard to bring you this information, and we're so happy that we are getting the response from the general public that we're getting. Um, downloads continue to grow quite a bit. This episode itself, until tomorrow, we want to get stats. So minus this episode, we're, at, we're already over 50,000 downloads. And since we're towards the late afternoon of today, we're probably way higher than that. So again, thank all you guys. Please share us on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook, telegraphlocal.com on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Keep reading. Share our articles. We love it. We love you guys. Thank you so much. So although we're going to go into the vast majority of this show today is going to be about race, um, a very touchy subject, and it may anger some people, and that, that's fine. That's, that's the whole point of this. We're also going to talk about a few other things. We're going to talk about some lighter stuff like the de Blasio Cuomo feud. Well, it's not really lighter. It's still really kind of sad, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to bring up some crime stats. We're also going to talk about Donald Trump's uh, – much disliked walk from the White House over to St. John's Church the other day and having to clear the protesters slash rioters out to do so. He's gotten a lot of slack on that. And I didn't really agree with what he did, I'll be honest with you, but we're going to talk about it anyway. So just so you guys know, if you haven't figured it out now, if you've been listening to this show, and our shows are getting better, obviously. I was new at this, and I'm getting way better at it. Hopefully you guys feel the same way. I'm a huge uh facts person, factually based. I like statistics. I like reality. And so I decided to do some digging. And so I pulled up some FBI crime statistics that the FBI shared, and ironically, so did the Washington Post. In reference to arrests and killings and, and white and black and so on and so forth. And so let me just share with you first, before we get the show really up and going, what those stats were. So if you, you can look these up yourself. They're, they're, you know, they're open to the public. It's the FBI crime stats. Just Google it. Last year in 2019, the, the, the police departments around the country arrested 10 million people, a lot of people, 10 million, for anything from petty crimes to very serious crimes in nature, murder, rape, uh, robbery, so on and so forth. But you also had that this includes all crimes, it includes DUI arrest, uh, vagrancy arrest, uh, disorderly conduct, just all arrests along together. At the same time, there's still 10 million arrests throughout the country, every town, city, and locality. Out of that 10 million arrests, there was 1,004 fatal police shootings. 1,004 fatal police shootings out of 10 million. 1,004 fatal police shootings, 41 were unarmed people. 41 out of that 1,004 fatal police shootings, 41 of those were of unarmed people. Out of those 41, 19 of those people were white. Nine of those people were black. The rest of those were Asian, Hispanic, German, Russian, so on and so forth, which 
may very well be included in the, the white population, the Caucasian numbers. But now that 19 were white, nine were black. Now you don't hear protesting about those 19 white people or the, the what, 20 other people that weren't black. They're not riding in the streets and protesting. And I don't mean for that to be a, a slap against protesting killings. I agree. I am beyond pro-protesting. I have been in protesters my, protest myself many times. I agree with it completely. And that one life being shot and killed is too many. I don't care what the color of your skin is. And we're going to talk about that more in this episode. But when it comes to the rioting, what has happened is people who were concerned and were into the cause and into the man who was pretty much strangled to death on the sidewalk, which no rational person agreed with. The cop who did that, he's a scumbag. And he's going he's gonna to pay for that. He's going he's gonna to spend a lot of time in prison for that. But you pull what people, what you, your message dissipates. It disappears once the rioting starts, once the looting starts. Your peaceful protest disappears. And it's frustrating because everyone feels your anger. It doesn't matter the color. This isn't a black and white issue. This is a human issue. As much as some may want to disagree with this, this isn't the 1960s. This isn't 1860 anymore. The vast majority of Americans as a whole disagree with racism completely. Now, that doesn't mean that racism is going to disappear. Racism will never disappear. Racism will always be around, some form in one way or another against some class of people. It's just the way it works, and it's sad, but it's true. But that doesn't mean that we can't approach it and minimize racism as much as possible, and I think that's the real goal here. But let me give you some more stats, because I love these stats. Last year in 2019, 89 cops were killed in the line of duty. 89 cops were killed in the line of duty last year. Why aren't we protesting that? Is it because we now um, associate all cops with racism and hatred and violence? And it's just simply not true. It's not true. Now, people are angry. They want to blame somebody. So why not blame the cops? I get it. Why not blame white people? I get it. But just because you're angry and you feel that way doesn't make it factual. In Chicago, Illinois, last weekend, over a two-day period, 82 people were shot. In Chicago, last weekend, alone, 82 people. 19 of those people, and let me... Make sure you understand this. 82 shot in Chicago last weekend were predominantly African-American males. 19 of those 82 African-American males shot last week. 19 of those died in one weekend. Chicago, Illinois, Southside Chicago is already up over several hundred murders this year, and it's not even the middle of the year yet. We're a few weeks shy of the middle of the year. Where is the outcry? Where is the protest for that? Where's the protest for the inner, inner city black-on-black violence? How come we're not looting the, the, the streets for that? How come we're not protesting that every day? Why does it have to take one person to get killed to protest 
but not 82 pretty much in a two-day span. And this goes on every weekend, maybe not 82, but 30, 15, 20, all the time. The murder rate in Chicago on the weekends is always in the double digits. Why isn't that being protested? I, just, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Seems to me like there's a lot we should be protesting. Not that. Bob Woodson, who is a very well-renowned, very well-respected civil rights activist. He's been around since the beginning of the modern civil rights movement, since the days of MLK, who, by the way, would have completely disagreed, as you know, with the way the last eight days have gone. I just don't get it. You're destroying your own communities. You're burning them to the ground. You have nowhere to shop for groceries now. Elderly people have nowhere to get prescriptions now. And you're, you're, you are diluting what you're actually protesting about. I get the anger. doesn't work, though. You are, you're making people distance themselves from the cause. Not because they want to and not because they don't respect and believe in the cause, because just about everyone does. Latest poll online was 96% of the people in the country agree that, that, that he was murdered in a horrific way. 96%. But you're pulling away from what the cause is. Bob Woodson again. Bob Woodson gave an interview the other day, and I listened to that interview intently because I respect Bob Woodson. I know of Bob Woodson. I've studied, I've read some of Bob Woodson's speeches before, just as I have MLK, Malcolm X, several other civil rights leaders, because it's important to me to understand the entire scope of what's really going on. And I feel strongly, as you probably do too, the more factual information I know from both sides, the more able I am to understand exactly what the problem is. We're all very intelligent people. And if you look deep enough, you can always find out the reality of something. Bob Wilson gave some really good information. Now, you may hate me for bringing this to light. You can do so. But I'm going to because I think it's important for everyone to hear this. Bob Wilson said that race is being used as a ruse. Race is being used as a ruse. I want you to think about that for a second. We have a quick commercial break. We'll be back in about 90 seconds, and you want to stay tuned to what I'm getting ready to tell you. It's extremely important. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Telegraph Local's Unredacted podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. 
So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. All right, guys, I am back. And while I was on break, I was playing around with our audio clips. So that's why you caught the tail of that. Because, again, this is a new podcast, so we are still trying to figure it out. Um, I'm your host, Bart, and this is Unredacted, telegraphlocal.com's podcast. So before the break, we were talking about Bob Woodson, civil rights activist, as many of you know. He said that race is being used as a ruse. Now, Bob Woodson got out of the civil rights activism a while back, and he got out because, quite frankly, as he put it, he felt that the new civil rights activism was doing a grave injustice to the African-American community. Okay, As he went through his speech, and I took notes on it, he said that long ago when the civil rights agreement happened, it it, it was – if blacks agreed to elect other blacks through the Voting Rights Act of the 60s, which was huge, that these elected officials would agree to help the African-American population. So in other words, once the Voting Rights Act came around and African-Americans could run for office and get elected to office, they started getting elected to office in major cities, predominantly African-American areas, right? Atlanta, Detroit, uh, the Bronx, um, Chicago, Los Angeles, you know, all of these, these towns are currently run, for the most part, by Democrats, elected officials. He goes on to say that after this happened, after these elected officials got in office, after the African-Americans elected their own African-American people to get in office to represent them as a whole, as a community, instead of representing the black population, the elected officials, which primarily run as Democrats, used that money that was given to them through the federal and local governments, through taxes and other sorts, instead of using that money to make the African-American population stronger, better, more opportunities, they used it to create their own class within their community their own elected official class. Now, again, you can, you can disagree with this all day long. I'm giving you this straight from the horse's mouth, straight from Bob Woodson's mouth, someone who's been in the civil rights movement for 60 years. I think he knows what he's talking about. The low-income communities in these Democrat cities, the same ones elected officials agreed to help, are still suffering. So after, what, 60 years, almost 60 years... American communities, usually the inner city communities, who these African American officials agreed to help if they were elected into office, still haven't helped. In the last 50 years, you've been voting for the same people. The same people have yet to help do anything. Anything at all. A lot of inner-city African-American communities are still suffering 
from what they were suffering from 50 years ago. Nothing's changed. And that's not because of President Trump. If it was because of presidents, what about Barack Obama? He was in office for eight years. What did he do for the African-American community? You should ask yourself that. You should really sit down, look in the mirror, and ask yourself that. And then ask yourself why you're still voting for the same people that continue to do nothing for you. Continue to preach a great game, tell you everything you want to hear, and then do none of it. That's the real injustice right now. You should really think about that. When is enough enough? When are you going to put two and two together? If you look at the facts, it, it's, it, it's, it's unequivocally correct. And maybe it really sucks to hear that, and I get it. But that doesn't mean it's not true. He goes on to say that you're allowing the race, you're allowing race, the race blame to mask the real problem. And I quote, one day, I suspect very soon, the African-American community is going to wake up. And when they do, I'm afraid they're going to awaken a sleeping giant. Funny, that's the exact same words that were used by the Chinese when they dropped a bomb on Pearl Harbor. After they dropped those bombs and attacked Pearl Harbor, they flew away. And the general in charge said those exact words. I'm afraid we have woken a sleeping giant. Bob Woodson said a lot. He went on in this interview, which is about 10 minutes long. He said a lot more. But it was that part of it that really kind of struck me and really made me start looking at this a little bit differently. And I'm not trying to get off the subject of what happened a few weeks ago. Because what happened did happen. No one can deny that, and the vast majority of people are disgusted by it. But maybe the best way to solve that is to start solving the community issue. Maybe that would help. Another question I have is how come – why is it that when black police officers shoot black men and women, there's not looting and riots? That's another question you should ask yourself, and this is something I've seen for years. I've noticed it for years and years and years. So is it really a race problem if a black cop would have done what the white cop did a few weeks ago? Would you be looting and rioting in the streets? Ask yourself that too. Is this really a white-on-black problem, or is this an American problem? Is this an all-around societal problem? Looters have destroyed their own communities. Their own communities have been destroyed by this. They have burnt down buildings. They have burnt down the same police departments that are there to protect the community. Burnt them to the ground. They have looted stores. They have looted drugstores. They have looted supermarkets. Target just announced that it was pulling out several stores from several different cities because it's no longer – they can no longer make a profit. They can no longer trust that their stores won't get looted again, and they lose tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity and merchandise. They're gone. They're never coming back. 
How many of those small mom-and-pop stores that were burnt down do you think are going to open back up? Why would they? Why should they? Why shouldn't they just take their insurance money and run? Go to safer areas. Take their money and retire. There was a story the other day on the news about an elderly woman, elderly African-American woman, been in the neighborhood for uh, over 40 years or something. She now no longer has a place to get her prescriptions. She literally had to get her prescriptions FedExed to her from out of state, heart medicine, because looters and rioters had burnt the damn drugstore down. It's utter insanity. It takes away from the cause to the point where people are beginning to not even care because of the destruction and the behavior of a few. And obviously the vast majority of those protesters were, were doing what they should do. Absolutely. I have protested more than once. More than once. And I really enjoy doing it. But the second it becomes looting and robbing is the second people stop caring. The riots have killed tonight the numbers of six cops. So how many cops need to be killed for the one African American that was killed? How many cops? 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, all of them? Do you really want to live in a world without police officers? Because if you do, then you're going to live in a reality that we've been living in for the last eight days now. These are deep questions, and they're questions that I don't think will be answered anytime soon because I don't think enough people are listening yet. But it seems to me that the race card that is always in play is more and more beginning to look like a smokescreen to keep everyone from questioning what the real problem is. I really feel like it is a smokescreen. The more and more you collectively put the data together, put the facts together, put the reality together, seems like more and more and more that's what it's coming out to. And that's not meant to discount anything. It's meant to get to the bottom of something that's plagued this country for a long time. And the same people in office were the same people in office 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. What have they done for you? What have they done for the African American community? You know, what have your local officials, the local officials of these inner cities, predominantly African American areas, neighborhoods, what have they done? What have they done for schools? Do you really want to keep pretending that it's always a white on black issue? How long do we have to pretend before it finally comes to light? How long before we awaken a sleeping giant? How long will that take? Why are inner city schools and the African American students predominantly that attend those schools, despite hundreds of millions of dollars given to the school districts each year, why are they still failing in school? Do you really think that's because of white people? Do you think we're past that yet? 
We had our first black president. I voted for him twice. Eight years he was in office. What did he do for African Americans? Really, what did he do? Tell me, because I want to know. The only thing someone's been able to tell me when I've asked that question several times to multiple different people is their exact response every time. It's like it's programmed into them. It's like brainwashed into them. It's they showed us that an African-American man could become president. Great. Don't forget, Barack Obama is also half white. Just going to throw that tidbit in there for you. So he became president, and what change did he create? He ran on a platform of change, and I really want someone to tell me what positive change he created. How come if a black cop shoots a black kid, there's no outcry? Have you ever thought about that? Bob Woodward's exact quote, again, Bob Woodward, his exact quote on a news program the other day was, if evil wears a black face, it escapes detection. If evil wears a black face, it escapes detection. Let that sink in for a second. And again, it's coming from one of the most renowned, most respected, most long-term civil rights leader in the history of this country. Someone who walked right beside Martin Luther King Jr. Malcolm X even said in one of his speeches, African Americans are being bamboozled. They're being hoodwinked verbatim. African Americans are being bamboozled. They're being hoodwinked. Malcolm X said that 40, 50, what, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, really, he said that, 40, 55 years ago. You're being bamboozled. You're being hoodwinked. I feel more and more every time I have to face this topic and this subject that there's a class war that's really being disguised as a race war. That if you keep the population tribal, meaning white against black and black against white, they will continue to hate each other. And that will keep them from looking at the reality about what the real problem is, about what's really going on. You ever ask yourself why abortion clinics are mainly located in African-American lower-income areas? They don't have abortion clinics in strip malls in higher-end areas, do they? In the vast majority of major cities, abortion clinics are located in predominantly lower-class African-American communities. Why do you think that is? Guys, we have, we're up against a break. We're going to take a break for about 90 seconds. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We still have plenty more to talk about in reference to this matter. So stay tuned. Thanks again for listening to Unredacted, telegraphlocal.com, new podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com. 
All right, guys, welcome back to the second half hour of our show. Today is Wednesday, hump day. We just finished clearing a, a, a topic, a heavy topic, a topic that's hard to talk about, a topic that if you're white, you're not supposed to talk about, um, a topic I believe is not a white and black issue. It's an American issue. It's a citizen issue. So I covered it, and I'm sure I will get some hate mail, some, some crummy emails from this, as I have before on topics that we published on telegraphlocal.com. But the point is they still need to be covered. And I really hope that you take what I said to heart and listen to it and start maybe seeing the real reality of what's going on, not, not what the smoke screen is. Anyway, let's get on to some, some, some different news. Um, so as you know, last night was pretty peaceful. That was June 2nd. There was still some, some looting and rioting, but nowhere near as much, anywhere close to as much as there was the last six nights. New York City was the hub of it. Again, they did a really good job of keeping things on the down low. But there was a press conference given by Governor Cuomo the other day. And this press conference was, was different, actually. I've never really heard uh, Andrew Cuomo kind of denounce others under his command. He had said that Mayor de Blasio was failing. He said that he should hang his head in shame, that he had failed to protect New Yorkers. Now, as you know, there is well, New York City, and I know for a fact I've lived in New York, has more than 30,000 police officers, the largest police department in, in the country, and the, well, the most versed. It's a great group of men and women who work very hard to keep us from experiencing more terrorist acts, to keep us from massive violence and looting like we've seen. But yet their hands were kind of tied. Mayor de Blasio refused to call in the National Guard, just refused to do it. And in doing so, he left the city open to get virtually destroyed. Midtown Manhattan looks like a war zone now, a war zone. There is graffiti everywhere. There are, there are busted windows everywhere. Uh, Apple, several Apple stores have been busted into and looted. What people don't realize is when you break into the Apple stores, by the time those, those phones that you stole leave the store, they're useless. You can get nothing out of them. They track those phones. The second you try to log into it and fetch your Wi-Fi, they're going to know what Wi-Fi you tried to connect to. And don't think for a second the police aren't going to come running. There have been a lot of arrests made. But the no-bail law in New York City means that the vast majority of those arrested for looting and rioting were released the same night or the next morning with no bail, just released back into the general public. Where do you think those people went back to? Do you think they went home peacefully to hang out with their children and wife and girlfriend or mom and dad or by themselves to reflect on their behavior? Or do you think they join the looters and rioters again and begin to loot and riot again? Now we're to the point to where looters and rioters are being arrested for a second time because they're released the first time with no bail under New York City's bail reform law. Seems to me to be a really frustrating way to do things. Anyway, Mayor de Blasio was, was shamed, and he should have been. Under his guard, hundreds and hundreds of store owners lost everything that they'll never get back. 
Mayor de Blasio was so scared to use force, force that was needed to be used to stop the violence. One thing that impressed me that I saw, especially last night and some the night before, was that protesters were actually starting to stop the looters and rioters, which I think is awesome. I think it's cool. I think it's great that rioters stepped, or, or protesters stepped up to the plate and began to turn over looters and rioters to the police department or to stop them from looting and rioting. And that's good. That's amazing. You're policing yourself, and you're showing that you want to be sure that the protest remains nonviolent, which is the way it should be. Because once it turns to violence, your voices are not heard anymore. No one listens. Remember the old saying my grandmother told me a long time ago? She said, people will never remember the great things you did, but they will always remember the one bad thing. And it's kind of with what's going on right now with the protest. Once those protests turn to rioting and looting, that's the one bad thing people remember. They forget everything else. Donald Trump. Wonderful Donald Trump's in the news again. Yay, what's, what's new, right? Um, so Donald Trump gave a news conference on Monday in the late afternoon, early evening time, around the 7 o'clock hour, 6.30 hour, something along those lines. After that, he had, or not him, well, I'm sure he had something to do with it. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and say that's not true by far. He had Lafayette Square, Lafayette Park, cleared out of protesters, right? Alleged protesters. Now, again, I was in, I've lived in D.C. for years. I know Lafayette Park very well. I used to walk through it all the time to go to work, to go to K and 14th where I worked at from my home in Capitol Hill and my home from down on 8th Street, northeast, from when I lived there. Um, I enjoyed walking the city in the mornings in D.C. It's beautiful out. The weather's nice and calm. It's in the mid-60s. But I would take about an hour in the morning, and I would walk to work, and I would take the subway system back home. I know the park well. There's graffiti spray-painted all over the bathrooms now. There's trash everywhere. There's loose bricks and rocks everywhere. They were finding Molotov cocktails hidden in the bushes that hadn't been used yet. Now, this is steps away from the White House. Whether you agree with who's in the White House or not, I don't really care. That's not the point of it. There's a lot to disagree with, with Donald Trump. There's some to agree with, with Donald Trump. This isn't debating whether Donald Trump is a good or bad president. This is talking about this one moment on Monday. Media claimed incorrectly that tear gas was thrown into the crowd to push them back from beyond St. John's Church, which the night before was caught on fire. It was almost burned to the ground. Lucky enough, they put it out without the church being harmed, but just the kids' wing that was just built was burned to the ground. Think about that. But the press said that tear gas was used, and the crowd was not riotous. That wasn't true. Tear gas wasn't used. It was not used one time to push that crowd back. Now, not many people will hear that again. They'll hear it one time, like, oh, they used tear gas. They won't ever hear the reality that tear gas wasn't used. They used smoke bombs and flashbang grenades. And brute force to push the crowd back. Now, the argument some are giving is that, well, they have a right to protest in the park. And they do. The problem is, is that all week those protests have been getting violent and more violent and more violent. So do you think that they should let protesters up that have looters and rioters in their midst right up against the White House fence, regardless of who's in there, so they can throw Molotov cocktails over the 
Pence towards the White House? You should think about that. Do you really agree with that? Do you really think that's something that they should be allowed to do? You've got to remember, this protest was not like a normal protest. This protest was full of bad people. There was hundreds of people in there that were throwing bricks, rocks at the police, bashing police heads in, lighting cars on fire, lighting police cruisers on fire, burning down buildings. And this crowd, mixed in with legal protesting, was within feet of the White House, the People's Building. Do you really think that the federal government, or the local government for that matter, should take the chance on having Molotov cocktails and bricks thrown at the White House? Put some rational thought into that. I don't agree with Trump holding a Bible up at the church. I don't think you should mix religion and politics. I don't think you should mix religion with a political office. I don't think it's fair. I don't think there's, I think church and state need to be kept separate. So I don't agree with that at all. I think that was very foolish for him to do that. He shouldn't have done that. Do I get why he walked from the White House to the church with protesters, rioters, and looters just a block away? Yes, he did it as a symbolic reason. Whether you agree with what he did or not, that's up to you. But let me ask you a question. Had Barack Obama done the same exact thing, what do you think the media would be saying right now? Do you think that they would be praising him? I think they would. I think they would have talked about how brave and valiant it was. But that's not going on because it's not Barack Obama in the White House anymore. Give us some thought. So I'm hoping tonight that most of the looting and rioting is over, and I think after last night, the majority of it is. I think New York City will probably still have some tough times, but I hope they get it under control. I don't know why de Blasio refuses to call the National Guard, and his excuse for something along the lines is that they're not they're, the National Guard is not made to police the general public, and that's ludicrous. That's exactly why we have the National Guard. The National Guard is the equivalent of the Minutemen back during the Revolutionary War. It's the same thing. It just evolved into a National Guard. It's just called something different. It's the same thing, the same process, the same training. They are trained to do exactly what needs to be done in New York City. And I'm not downing New York City cops. I think they did a great job with what they could. I think their hands were tied. You know, I watched a video of five people pouncing on a New York City cop and beating them half to death and then running off like a bunch of cowards. And make no mistake, the actions of riders and looters is a cowardice action. There are cars pulling up full of looters jumping out, smashing in windows, grabbing with stuff, throwing it in the car, and then driving off and going to the next one. Imagine if that store was yours or your sons or daughters or had been in your family for generations. Your great-grandparents had started it after they immigrated here. They got destroyed. Do you really think that's fair? Do you really think that's right? Do you really think that gives a message of hope and a message of change? If you do, you might really want to think about that because it doesn't. It doesn't give that, that, that hope. That being said, I can't wait till Friday's broadcast because I can't wait until what else we get to talk about by Friday. Hopefully something will change. I know the world's getting ready to open back up, and it's frustrating for all of us. We've all been locked down, and then on the midst of the world reopening, we get curfews again. We get to all the public transportation shut down again. 
And I'm just curious too about how the coronavirus is going to going to going to react in, in about a week and a half once it starts hitting these populations that were looting and rioting and protesting. Because I tell you what, I didn't see very many face masks the first day or two. I did, but as it wore on later, it got at night. I didn't see any people wearing face masks at all. Very few, if any, on the news coverage I was watching. And I watched all of it. I watched MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, Fox, Dateline, ABC, NBC, CBS. I watch them all. Well, because it's my job and on a daily basis. I am the editor-in-chief of Telegraph Local, so it's my job to know the news. That being said, what do you think is going to happen in a few weeks? Do you think we're going to get locked down again simply because the COVID virus has spread beyond belief yet again? There's another uptick in it? How many of those bluters and rioters do you think are going to end up in the hospital? I don't know, guys, but I do want to wish you a happy Wednesday. I hope you enjoy our segment today of Telegraph Locals, daily news updates with a twist. Please follow us on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on, 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 tit, on, on Stitcher. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where you can hear podcasts this show is on. Um, please go to telegraphlocal.com, read some of the articles, read our opinion-free political stuff. You might like what you read. Listen to past episodes of the show. We are a brand new show, so we are still learning. We record these live, so we don't have the chance to go back and to correct mistakes. So everything you hear here is direct, to the point, to you, unedited, unredacted, and uninhibited. Thanks again, guys. Have a good Wednesday. Have a good Thursday. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Until then, be safe. Is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.